Hello, hello, and welcome back to Yet Worth, the podcast. I'm your host, Maxwell Schmitz. I'm here with the esteemed Emma Schmitz. Hi, everyone. And today we are going to talk about a big subject, which is how to help financial advisors really approach and identify the need for disability insurance on behalf of their clients, who, quite frankly, are not thinking about it on their own. So... Without further ado, Emma, I just want to say thank you for putting together this awesome infographic that we're going to post in the show notes, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and it's on our website, uh, so we'll, we'll provide a link there, um, but really just brilliant piece that summarizes the kind of the, the thinking process that's needed in order to, to really help people self-identify whether or not they're a good candidate for DI. You had the idea. You're the idea guy. I implement the ideas. That's that's yes. our relationship. <laughs> the executor of the ideas. You execute. You are the executioner. Something like that. <laughs> so either way, it's it's a beautiful thing. I really like to look at it. And it's going to be an important tool, just a really simple tool for people to kind of keep around as like a hot link or something on their desktop or, um, you know, in their browser Uh to just quickly review when they see an opportunity to address this huge and honestly overlooked need. So let's go through the, the title here is, do you need disability insurance? Straightforward, the easiest way we could ask that question. And there's a little start section and you start with, do your financial goals depend on an earned income? That's like our starting point question pause. Let's break it down. So (laughs) the reason we phrased it this way is because, you know, it, you could ask it a million different ways, um, but it's actually phrased pretty specifically here because really what we want to do is focus here on the big picture and that's the financial goals. It could mean a million different things to a million different people. um, But ultimately we just want to make sure people are are able to reach their goals, right? So it could be Mm -hmm. retirement. It could be, you know, uh, it could be an early retirement. It could be a retirement, uh, you know, maybe like 50 years down the road, um, or it could be just any number of goals in between. And is a DI plan going to be helpful in, in getting you to those goals is really kind of the idea here. And of course we phrase it as earned income because, Unearned income is technically uninsurable. Um, and also, you're probably pretty well off if you're able, if you're not even reliant on an earned income mm-hmm. at any point in your career. You know, if you're able to live off the residuals or the, um, or the um, investment returns off of your, you know, your interest uh, from your nest egg, then you're in good shape. You probably don't need to worry about your earned income. Right. So this is a very specifically worded question. And, you know, I'm taking some CFP courses and that's one of the biggest starting points for financial planning is what are your specific goals? So do your financial goals depend on an earned income? Yes or no. And from there, if no, you go all the way to the bottom and congratulations you probably aren't a prospect or or candidate for disability insurance. But if you do have financial goals that depend on an earned income, our next question is, do you have a disability income plan? And do we want to pause there and talk about that? 
let us yes because the real key here is disability income plan i don't see the word insurance anywhere in that phraseology um and that's intended because really what we're looking at here from a financial advisor's perspective is is there a plan and we'll get to the next question in a little bit here but really there are multiple ways in which you can address disability income needs so if you can't work you could sell a bunch of stuff or um, you know, tap into the equity in a few things. So we'll get to that in a sec, but really it's about addressing the income plan, not so much the need for insurance right out of the gate. That's the whole basis of this. That's the foundation Yeah, um, is your plan. So um, next, if you don't have a disability income plan, then we move on to a next question. If you lost the ability to earn an income for five years or more, would you have to liquidate any of the following in order to make ends meet? Home equity, business equity, retirement savings? What do we wanna say about that question? Yeah, so these are the three main things that everybody kind of thinks of, I think, and and where people really take it in the shorts uh, in a disability scenario if they're not adequately protected with with an insurance plan. And so the home equity, that's pretty obvious. You're in a situation where you literally can't pay your bills and your home is probably the biggest source of value for your net worth. Um, So you liquidate it or you tap into the equity um, by getting a, you know, reverse mortgage or something to that effect where, or, you know, just a, a, what's it called? A HELOC um, home equity Mm -hmm. loan or line of credit. Uh, And that's where, you know, you're going to, essentially have to pay it back over time. So hopefully you get better. Big question mark there. Um, so it really kind of puts a lot of people in a bind and, and it's not a pretty situation when you have to sell a house in short order because you have income needs um, that you have to address. You want to maintain your equity. You know, you've worked hard for that. Mm-hmm. You want to maintain your retirement savings. That's not meant to uh, get you out of a bind when you can't work for a couple of years. That's, that's not what that's for. Um, Your home is your home. You want to live there. You don't want to have to borrow from whatever equity that you've built into that same with your business equity. So, and the business equity is actually really scary because we've seen some plans, some, some buy sell plans that have been executed and there's a cash shortage where you can't buy out the partner. So what do you have to do? You have to sell to another partner in some cases. Some outside source could come in as the seller if there's a cash crunch. And, and then you're in business with God knows who. Um, so that, that can be a really troublesome situation for a lot of business owners if you have that business equity and you have to sh- sell it really quick in order to meet your income goals. Um, then you know that could be ugly for your partner who's left dealing with whoever you just sold it to, the highest bidder. Uh, and then the, yeah. the last one on here you addressed a second ago, which is retirement savings. I mean, it, this is kind of the natural one that a lot of people kind of always think is their safety net, which is just so, uh, it, it's trying because you see, you see, it just delays the process that much more um, when you're trying to get to a point where you don't have to work, where you don't have to be reliant on an earned income. This can set you back years, especially if you're taking out early in your career where it's gonna, you're in your 30s mm-hmm. or 40s. You still got another 25 years left of, recru- of accruals in there on the interest uh, in your, of your nest egg. 
and you're going to take a huge chunk out of that just to kind of keep things going, um, you're setting yourself back for years. So that's a real point, a uh, pain point for a lot of people that I think is just being overlooked. But if you end up in that situation, it, it's really painful. Yeah. I mean, the beauty of compound interest is only beautiful if you let it do its thing. Right. And don't pull from those that counts early on. So from there, if you if you say no, if, if you wouldn't have to liquidate any of these things, you're not a candidate for DI. Um, if you say yes, then yeah, you're a candidate. But going back to the previous uh, question, do you have a disability income plan? If you say yes to that, we move on and we ask, well, who pays the premium? And there's two options here. Is it employer paid or is it paid by the employee, paid by you? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So there are a couple different ways you can set up a group disability policy. And that's usually going to be the most um, the most common type of pre-existing coverage, I guess you could call it, um, where people are walking into this flowchart and they think they're covered because they have a group plan that's paid for by the employer. But sometimes it's going to be, you know, some individual insurance or something that you bought when you were younger, right out of residency or something like that. Um, or, you know, through an association plan, a lot of vets do that, a lot of optometrists, dentists um, buy their association plans. And there are a lot of, you know, inefficiencies with those plans too, um, which we're actually not going to address here. Maybe that's another podcast. Um, but um, typically we're talking about employer paid here, and that's where we're going to zero in on the next question as well. Right. So if it's employer paid, are you aware of the disadvantages of relying on this group LTD policy? And we have a list of, it's an asterisk and it's at the bottom. There's a list of the downfalls of group long-term disability insurance. And um, I mean, I don't know if we want to get dive into this because it's quite a long list. There's about seven points here. Um, but really the main points are that group LTD is usually capped at 60% of your salary. And that doesn't include commissions, incentives, bonuses, stock options, group LTD doesn't cover that. So, and then benefits are fully taxable because the employer can deduct the premiums that they're paying. You, you'll lose the coverage if you're fired, it's not portable. And, you know, your employer can cancel the policy at any point and you lose the coverage if you leave your job and, or start your own business or go somewhere else. Again, lots of disadvantages to group LTD. It's a great start, but um, that's kind of the beginning of this process of figuring out whether or not you need more coverage. Yeah. And like you said, there, there's a lot on this list here. The, the biggest one to me is that taxability that a lot of people just aren't thinking about. They think they're covered up to, on their income up to 60%. And after you factor in, well, if we're talking about our California clients, you know, you're looking at federal income taxes and then state income taxes on top of that. So you could be paying out a third back to Uncle Sam um, mm -hmm. at some level. And um, that that could really be digging into that 60 percent figure. So the question comes out, comes down to, well, would you be able to live off of 40 percent of your income? Because that's really the take home that you're getting after taxes. Right. Um, big, then, big lifestyle change. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and then the portability aspect, if you're fired, if your employer cancels, if you want to venture out at some point, like we, we work with a lot of entrepreneurial people or even employees who have kind of an entrepreneurial spirit and they, you know, there's that sense of personal responsibility to their family. And oftentimes that kind of runs alongside uh, personal responsibility to industry, to community. And, and that means they're going to venture out at some point um, to make the world a better place. That I think is just a big piece that a lot of people aren't thinking about because when you're 50 and you're itching and you're still making somebody else rich instead of yourself uh, and your family, then you're going to get a little bit frustrated and maybe um, have to go to the open marketplace. And it, it could be ugly if you're not insurable anymore or just the premiums in general as you age. So good things to be thinking about in consideration for your disability income plan. That's pretty much it. We're, we're down to the bottom of this um, little infographic flow chart. And the main points are, do you have a disability income plan? Do you have group LTD? Who's paying for that? These are just things that questions to ask a client, questions to ask yourself. And we can easily point somebody in the right direction of whether or not they're a good candidate. And that's the takeaway here is, you know, a lot of times financial advisors, just they're not super well versed in this stuff typically, and they don't know how to engineer the starting point for this conversation. So this just makes it really easy to pick it up and, and say, okay, well, let's just go through this real quick, make it, a, you know, just a little function, a little unit of the fact finding process, maybe. Um, that's the idea here is to just, is to find, um, you know, a way to integrate this into your existing processes uh, in a really simple way. So I hope that helped. Um, if you have any questions about how to address this conversation, how to engage with your clients, um, how to do an effective fact finder, if they say, yeah, may, or if they self-identify as a DI candidate, um, that's what we're here for. So give us a call, shoot us an email, preferably. We are millennials um, <laughs> and uh, we'll take it from there. Yeah. And like we said, um, we are always churning out more content that will help you with this process of identifying clients and your strategy and um, helping people to understand what kind of coverage they might need and how to get it. And so this will be available on our website, yetworth.com slash marketing. And yeah, let us know if you want to see anything else. Oh, and give us a follow. (laughs) Give us a follow. On the uh, on Spotify or wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button, smash that subscribe button, as they say on the YouTubes, or <laughs> perhaps um, follow us on social media at YetWorth on Instagram, uh, YetWorth Insurance Solutions on Facebook. See you next time.